0: hello lovers and welcome to you gotta love it the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed the show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say well you gotta love it my name is koji i am a i don't know part-time nft trader and full-time podcaster it would seem and with me is my good friend and mural artist Andrew Patterson. Oh, am I allowed to talk about that?
1: What's up? Talk about what? The mural. What mural?
0: Right, exactly.
1: Uh Yeah, full I'll say full-time podcaster. This gear leveled up leveled up the leveled up the equipment, leveled up the rig.
0: Yeah, if things are sounding a little different right now, it's because uh we've made some additions to the podcast studio. So, um uh, no more whenever we move the um the mic arms and uh all of our plosives will come through I, I very feel, clearly.
1: I feel like this uh this setup right now with this with the monitor here, like we could do live record, we could just watch something and be recording like this is sophisticated enough to to do that. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure we could. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility in the future, that's for sure, but uh, not for this week. This week, we are taking a superhero week. I mean, every week could be a superhero week because of the sheer amount of superhero movies, but uh, our hidden gem for this week is not so hidden, but it's definitely a gem. I don't know. It's. Like, the, I feel like the reason that I, I mean, I could be wrong
1: at this point, but it, it, I feel like it kind of constitutes a hidden gem if only for the fact that still in most places, at least most places in Canada, like going to the theaters is still very much like, uh, it's not consistent, you know, it's not like there's like these like opening weekends where all the, t- all the times are sold out and it's full theaters and it's just like the place is popping. So it's like, I feel like some movies have really crashed after opening weekend and like After those initial advertisement, like there's some movies that I don't even know are in theaters that are currently in theaters that I was really anticipating. So it feels hidden because it's like, if I'm not mistaken, it did not do very well um, in its second week, you know, like it just kind of like went dropped off the radar. And I feel like not only did that happen, but uh, there was a movie of almost identical title about the same characters starring some of the same actors that came out like four years ago.
0: Right, and so this is James Gunn's *The Suicide Squad*, I believe. Yeah,
1: they added a the to it.
0: Yeah, uh, huge differentiator. Uh, but the movie deserves to be differentiated because it's very different from those that came before. I would say.
1: Yeah, D- yeah. I would. I would almost. I, I see. I have trouble remembering all the DC movies that I've seen for for you know I. What is sort of an obvious reason? Um, I still have trouble differentiating between Batman versus Superman and Justice League. I'm still not entirely sure that I saw Justice League,
0: which okay. is weird. Well, I've seen it twice, including the the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I definitely haven't seen the Snyder Cut, but um, anyway, all of that is to say that other than maybe the Nolan Batman movies or some more like classic DC, you know, from pr- prior to even Nolan, yeah this is probably my favorite DC movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not hard for me to make that claim either, to be honest with you. But what about Aquaman? No, I know. (laughs) Aquaman is definitely my favorite DC movie, but I'm just saying that, yeah. So, I mean, it's not hard for me to say this stacks up as one of my favorite DC movies because they're, I mean, in truth, most of them haven't been that great. And I mean, I love Aquaman for reasons but as far as just a a fun romp in the theater i mean aquaman was that too but as far as just like summer blockbuster fodder goes this fits the bill and i think you know a lot of it has obviously to do with james gunn right but, but i think that the what you mentioned is a huge knock against it that there's already a movie with this title starring some of the same actors and it left a bad taste in some people's mouths
1: yeah and then there was the Harley Quinn movie as well. Like I feel like it, um, it, it they didn't. It's almost like they didn't leave enough time, or even really d- explain what it was. Whether it was like a sequel, like it, it because there's no two or sequel in the name. Like th- I feel like there were just a couple missteps in terms of like the speed at which this happened. You know what I mean? Like it was like there was the Guardians of the Galaxy fiasco, James right. Gunn, and then. Warner Brothers swoops in, DC is just like, yeah, let's get this guy to do our version of Guardians, basically, which is, uh, I'm sure there's DC fans that hate me for saying that. I just meant like in terms of the type of movie it is, you know, like a ensemble, ensemble crew of like these sort of, um, gray area, you know, they weren't cut out to be heroes. Right. It's it's almost like
0: the heist movie situation where it's like, we got to build a team.
1: Exactly. And, and it was funny because all of those things like them maybe making two movies that almost have identical titles, <clears throat> one's kind of like a soft reboot that also kind of is a sequel, all of these sort of missteps, I feel like it's also kind of the perfect storm that created such an enjoyable movie at the same time because it's kind of like, if there hadn't been the drama with Disney, yeah, and then James Gunn sort of being driven away so Mm -hmm. to speak. And then, you know, uh, I don't want to say desperation isn't the right word, but DC just, and, and Warner brothers just like seeing their opportunity to like swoop in pull a Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard kind of situation. Uh, but with James Gunn instead of Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, we wouldn't have gotten this movie. And I think that it's, it's great. It's like, it's, it's like a match made in heaven. It was like the perfect, the perfect, um, he's the perfect guy to do this movie i think you know
0: yeah uh well i mean for me one of the things that i I like about it is that it does feel very uh comic booky in that it may be a sequel maybe it's not a sequel maybe it's a reboot maybe it's not a reboot it's just like another issue true yeah you you know like spider-man versus the amazing spider-man or something yeah uh and so i i appreciate that element of it obviously uh you know we've already said it a bunch of times but it can't be discounted enough what james gunn has brought to this franchise and i mean i think it's safe to say that we both thoroughly enjoyed this movie
1: yeah i oh yeah 100 percent. i thought it was great i mean i think that um with the you know there's deadpool and there's logan are probably the two other movies that jump to mind in terms of just uh you know that sort of hard r making something that's extremely graphic and it fits for both of those movies yeah uh i think that the first suicide squad like the characters in suicide squad the world that they all exist in i think it also lends itself well to this so i think that's you know it's almost, it's far from, far from this sort of, uh, you know, hard on that studios have to suddenly just be like, oh, Deadpool is successful. So let's just make hard R comic book movies, you know? Right. This, it actually makes sense. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, I don't know, man. It was just fun. Uh, it made me, I don't want to say it made me care, but I think I was mentioning to you as we left the theater that, um, one of the things that I thought was great about it that I think that James Gunn is is good at, that, you know, Guardians really captured well, um, is that, you know, ostensibly DC basically was just like, here's all of our C-list characters with yep. a couple B-listers, right? They just threw up like 200 characters on like a board and they just were like, James Gunn, Take your pick, you know. Just like do it. All of these characters, nothing is off bounds. You know what I mean? As long as like Harley comes out of it okay, do what you want. And you could just see him probably going in there and like picking out specifically these characters, not just for the the comedic value, but also for like um, the the whole sort of uh, through line with Ratcatcher or Ratcatcher Two, or yeah, whatever. Where it was like. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is it had heart and it was like in a movie that has giant like starfish kaiju and like people being literally like ripped apart and eaten and heads exploding and all kinds of like over the top sort of gore and violence sort of almost like grindhouse B movie level stuff. Yeah. Uh, Juvenile humor, all kinds of all kinds of that shit. It's like, the fact that he was able to weave in um, an actual story that made you—I don't want to say care about the characters,
0: but like you're—you you do. You're, you're invested.
1: You're invested by the end in, of the movie. In the same like, way,
0: oh. I mean, it's inevitable that we we're gonna compare this movie constantly to uh, Guardians. Yeah. But in the same way that you care about a talking raccoon, right? Uh, you know, you can't help but uh, but care about these characters because of the way the mu- movie is formulated. And it it is... I mean, it's tough to say, but it is basically the Marvel formula of comedy with heartfelt moments. Yeah. Because I think that the trap that DC had fallen into until they started exploring things with Aquaman, with the first Suicide Squad, especially with Harley Quinn and the... Uh, of emancipation Part of, of the, whatever yeah. yeah um is they were like okay let's not take ourselves too seriously this is also just a comic book totally yeah and
1: you know what's funny is that this is like again it's almost like i wish we had somebody who was like a dc diehard on this episode to talk because it would sort of you know i'm i'm very much like a marvel guy that likes you know there's some dc books that i like but yeah I kind of feel like, even though there is this darkness to some of the characters, obviously like Batman and Joker being sort of first and foremost, I've always felt like oddly, even though Marvel is so colorful, that DC is like a more, when I think comic book, like whack, pow, sound effects, you know, or like old, like even like the old, like action comics, like that kind of stuff, obviously that was DC. So like, for me, it's almost like, with the exception of Batman, i feel like dc should occupy that space it should be a more like that would be the angle for them it's like i mean as marvel was building the mcu and obviously having heartfelt moments and humor but they were building to this huge like epic no but never before seen level ensemble like two-part epic battle right and dc was trying to kind of like compete with that it's like they could have been just taking their time building their own universe and i'm not saying like make it like slapstick and goofy but like i don't know they just they needed more suicide squad they needed more like th- the fact that ryan reynolds was green lantern but then is also deadpool yeah the difference between those character types like they had that resource in ryan reynolds and they used it on green lantern yeah and the way that they used it is just like and the fact that that's a running joke, like about of his career, you know, it's just like there are all of these, I feel like just kind of miss, slight missteps that ended up ter- blowing up into these movies that were kind of disasters.
0: Well, so there's a couple things there, though, I think is, uh, you know, this has probably been analyzed to death, but obviously Marvel started with a character that wasn't, you know, say the X-Men or even Captain America. Yeah. Uh, Now, obviously, you and I being huge comic nerds, to me, I was like, of course, Iron Man's, like, one of the most famous yeah. Marvel characters there <laughs> yeah. is. But, like... He's an Avenger. Come on. In truth, not really, you know? Yeah. And so... But DC, obviously, having Batman, having Superman, was just yeah. like, let's just go right into it. Let's just... Yeah. You know, they could have started with, like, a, a Flash movie. And sure. then at the end of yeah, that movie, you know, he gets recruited by this mysterious figure that then leads to a Batman movie or something, right? But they didn't do that. They were just like, Let, let's give away the 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 like uh, the whole shebang right now, yeah. And then there's also a second part to that, which is the characters themselves. The way that um, DC is sort of formulated their universe, uh, a lot of the story arcs in the DC universe, generally, are about self-examination of these characters and what it's like to be a God amongst men as opposed to just be of the people. So you look at like something like Spider-Man or even Captain America, a lot of that takes place, you know, you'll see them in like in New York city or in, in places that exist in reality. Whereas, you know, the DC characters are more of this like Mount Olympus, like, you know, they live in this like orbital station looking down on humans. Right. And so it in itself is like, has way more gravitas and seriousness. And so it's very hard to, to, so like i think what they what they tried to do initially with man of steel Mm -hmm. makes sense but because we were already so conditioned to not have all of these like sort of heavy self-serious comic book movies yeah people were just like no this isn't what we want yeah and so it was already too late basically is what i'm yeah that's it
1: that's uh, i'd say that's a very good observation i i yeah i I mean my bias just comes from thinking like when i read even the the earliest batman comics or some of the more serious ones the way they're written where it's like it's all exposition yeah it's like i i just not that there aren't marvel comics that do that but i just like associate dc comics with this idea of like uh you know uh you know a detective explaining in every panel what he's doing right uh Not that it can't be about something serious, but it always just felt kind of campy to me that that was like the, you know, like in a a good way, whereas my introduction to Marvel was obviously through X-Men when I was really young and Mm -hmm. immediately identifying that it was about racism and prejudice and like, all you know, so there's like, they both definitely have aspects that are, uh, you know, speak to real world problems or whatever and they're wrapped in this colorful package that until very recently i think was very disregarded as something that was juvenile Mm -hmm. um but all that being said this movie suicide squad thrives for that very reason because it is just like juvenile basically you know i mean it's extremely extremely violent and there's like a a quote-unquote adult stuff in it right um it's not self-serious basically yeah it's just like it's so there's so many moments that uh I don't know. I just, I had a blast. It's just like a fun movie. It's, it's, it's great. And I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed that, I mean, I'm bummed for every film or album or any, any form of art that came out during this pandemic or didn't get the attention maybe it deserved, but it extra sucks for DC to have released such a great DC movie and for it to not, to, to maybe have suffered because of The timing you know and the the environment that it was released into it's just kind of like I feel like it's the perfect movie as you said it's like the perfect kind of like fun popcorn summer blockbuster movie it's also a good DC movie and it came out at a time when people need a movie like that and it's just kind (laughs) of like it it kind of fell flat I think a little bit in terms of like it's it's box office take and how how much people have actually seen it.
0: I mean, imagine what the DC world would have been like if this was the first DC movie they released.
1: It would have been crazy. See, see, this is crazy because when I think about like, I think that Christopher Nolan did a really good job. um,
0: Oh, I I set those aside. That's not even... For
1: sure. But what I I was going to say is that what's, what's interesting to me about the Nolan movies is that kind of all of his movies, but particularly Batman, he's able to maintain a lower rating by implying violence and and darkness it through film techniques uh you know the the writing in those movies so it's just like joker heath ledger's joker is like this terrifying character he's like art you know one of the greatest vill- film villains of all time yeah uh and he's terrifying like it's like he literally like feel like you know there's people are murdered in that movie but yeah. it doesn't feel like there's not a lot of blood you know there's not a lot of like but what's interesting to me is that seeing a movie like joker you know uh, and then seeing suicide squad i feel like if suicide squad came first and was successful as i imagine it probably would have been i mean that's a whole other conversation whether people would have been ready for it or not but um these other movies would have been so different you could make a batman movie it doesn't need to be over the top gory but you could make it I don't know. You could just inject a little bit of Suicide Squad into all of these other movies that they made, and it would almost make sense, if you, right. you know what I mean. Like, um, But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I guess that is kind of tied into a larger discussion about whether, like, violence makes a movie good, you know? Yeah. Kind uh, of.
0: Well, you know what I, mean? I, I think in a comedic sense, right, what we're talking about is the juxtaposition of extreme violence with extreme laughs. Yeah, you, you know, because yeah. This
1: wouldn't have been funny if it was, or this wouldn't have been good if it, if there was no
0: humor. <laughs> right. If it was just extremely violent, you'd just be like, "Holy shit!" Right. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. The, the fact that it doesn't take itself seriously and then has all this over-the-top violence is what kind of gives it the pass. Yeah. You know, and you can say that about a few movies. Like obviously, Deadpool has you know similar vibes. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know if you can look at the violence itself in a vacuum. But uh, anyway, I think we both recommend this film and we say uh, you guys should go check it out, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, well, so let me ask you this then. It's a love it or leave it time for... Hit me. The Suicide Squad. Love it or leave it DC comic movies. Does this change the way you feel about the DCU going forward?
1: Yeah. And the reason that I say that is... Basically everything we just talked about, it's like if it ge- it offers something a little bit different, you know, Right. if they're just trying to go toe to toe with Marvel, it's kind of already a lost cause for me because not only am I a Marvel fanboy, but Mar- the- Marvel's execution of their like expanding universe is whether you like it or not, I think just like almost unassailably like it's like clinical you know <laughs> like they just like the way that the that the way that it unfolded and the, the way they position themselves yeah is just like you can't compete with that you got to do something different it's like the oldest it's the oldest rule of like marketing you know for sure uh and i think that this film i i went into it maybe with such low expectations you know mm-hmm. uh after not seeing a movie in theaters for so long but also just based on the sort of dc's track record with me personally i just kind of went in being like all right like you know nothing to lose and i just had a blast like it was there was moments like i was sitting beside you there was moments where i was laughing pretty hard (laughs) like like it was there was some unexpected uh you know i I wonder how much of that
0: has to do with not having been in a movie theater for so long
1: for sure the social experience yeah you can't Mm -hmm. you can't Leave that out, that's for sure. No.
0: Okay, uh, love it or leave it, John Cena's character in this film. And obviously, I'm asking this for a very pointed reason.
1: <sighs> you... That's kind of a tough one. I, You know what? Just to keep things interesting, I would say leave it. No offense, John Cena, but I just don't know if that's the character that I would have pulled out to get his own tv show
0: okay but who would you have pulled up?
1: <sighs> of this those is, characters this is gonna i be... mean harley quinn
0: aside obviously let's okay. that see
1: that's see i was gonna say it's super cliche and obvious probably because of how obsessed both the producers of these films and fans have become with margot robbie as harley quinn but even after the emancipation even after birds of prey i feel like there's so much more they could explore with that character right it seems like a weird character to choose to like, well, there's an animated series universe. That's true. From the venture brothers creators. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I haven't seen that. That's a good point. But I just mean like, I think that, okay, if it wasn't Harley Quinn, that's, I don't know. It's tough. I just don't know. I don't know if I actually, I love the movie, but I don't know if I want to see a series of any of these characters.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'm also of the leave it. Probably the one thing that I'm, uh, sort of hopeful about is that it is also james gunn yeah so it's probably going to be good but uh the character sort of came off to me like a bit of a drax like character yeah uh but obviously there was a little bit more um nuance i think at least a little uh but okay i think that you know what's funny is that
1: i don't know if you could have a whole show about this but I thought that it was brilliant how much Ratcatcher became like that was one of the characters that I mean there's a lot of the characters I don't know that much about in Suicide Squad but that was the the preeminent character I was just like there's a scene earlier in the movie where I thought that they were gonna die like I just thought for sure like it was gonna be used as a punchline yeah me too but I was amazed at how well it became it was so obvious when it when it kind of when the climax happens, but I was just like, yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Smart move, James Gunn and writers of this movie, like that, you know, good on you. I like it created a very interesting issues. Ratcatcher is like a very literal, uh, uh, embodiment of what the suicide squad represents. And right. it almost seemed like I was just like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's not much, much, not much more backstory you need here, but I would be curious to see, it's almost like they should just make a show of Suicide Squad. Like, not not try to focus it on one character. Just, like, don't don't necessarily make a Suicide Squad 2 right away. Just, like, make a show. Yeah. About like, kind of, like, Doom Patrol, you know, where it's just, like, uh, a premium, premium TV, um, you know, like, R-rated so that you kind of keep the tone and just have the kind of, like, what you were saying about, like, the issues. Like, it could just be, like, a just these crazy drinks i get into there's so much fun that could be had if you did that
0: yeah i mean the only issue with that is some semi- semi-spoiler alert they're not necessarily under amanda waller's thumb any longer so it's a little yeah, bit yeah. harder you know it would make more sense as like almost procedural where every episode is just a different mission that they get sent on yeah um to or- try and earn their freedom or whatever <laughs> yeah and they get and they get ever so close it's like getting off gilligan's island or something but then they get pulled back in um but yeah okay uh the only other love it or leave it i have is and i, I think i know where you stand but I, the question needs to be asked seeing movies in theaters you'd love it yeah me too you know i don't know that everyone shares that sentiment though like i feel like a lot of people are like okay now i can watch these movies at home why do mm-hmm. i need to go to the theater
1: yeah yeah i yeah this is like you could... We could do a whole podcast about this on its own. I think it's one of those things that's kind of like... I don't know. I have a strong opinion about it. Right. If, if I'm honest, like I think that there's a lot of things that make things easier or more convenient or... You know, any... any That's basically it. Easier and more convenient. Um, but I don't think that all those things are good. And I think that that's just how the sort of march of consumerism and the evolution of technology sort of enables these things. And yeah. you could say that it that the market is dictated by what people want. But mm-hmm. like, I think that, uh, I don't know. I just think it's kind of a shame. I think it's kind of tragic that, cause I agree. I think there are people that are just like more than happy to, um, you know, if there aren't any extenuating circumstances that make it easier for them to watch, you know, or, or feel safer or whatever the case may be. It's yeah. like, it's just one of those things that i think you know the shared experience so we talked about this a lot when we when game of thrones was winding up and we were talking about sort of the it was like the end of an era where uh the shared experience tv show like maybe tiger tiger king was like the last real one of those and and i really do think even the friends reunion man like when that came out like i didn't really watch friends or care about it but i watched it um I watched it with Neve, and, uh, you know, she kind of grew up with her sisters watching it. And that, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a shared experience, but as a tribute to what was a shared experience type show, like a Seinfeld or, you know, before even HBO was really taking off, it like, there was a moment, I think, where it was trending as something that resonated. Like people felt good about that, even if they didn't really care about friends. And like identifying why you feel good about those things that's the reason <laughs> like it's the reason is because it's like a shared experience
0: you know like um for sure and i i agree you know when you go see either a horror or a comedy nothing's highlighted more than when somebody laughs or people collectively feel scared it's it, it, it's like palpable it's in the air for sure but even even when you're going to a comic book movie right like you're going to see avengers endgame
1: i was just gonna say can you imagine seeing avengers endgame
0: Not in the theater. Just like what the moment when um, Captain America grabs the hammer. Come on, everyone's just losing it. Like even if the room was silent, you could feel the energy, and people are just like, "Oh fuck!"
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. It'd be like uh, it's like concerts, you know. I mean, that's a weird parallel because I know it's kind of a different experience, but I mean. To me, listening to a live record or watching a live DVD of something versus being at the show is like, it's not even, there's no contest, you know? Right. One, one is good for maybe reliving the memories, but like the, the um, you know, the sort of dystopian future Ready Player One, people just live in like bubbles where they just VR, they're in a VR world at all times. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried that we're there yet. <laughs> Yeah. But it definitely, I think it's sort of a step in that direction when people make less effort to engage in like social, uh, I don't know, it's important. You gotta, it's it's tied to a much larger conversation about just like getting along as a society, I think. But it's, it's a very easy, um, yeah, I don't know, it's a way to like bond and bring people together.
0: Well, let's switch from a movie that was meant to be seen in theaters to a movie that was, I think, made to be seen at home. The You Gotta Love It for the Week is Thunder Force, right? Yeah,
1: yeah that is correct. Uh, this wasn't a recommendation by anybody. Uh, I just, um, you know, when we were winding up again, I was re- doing a lot of reading. I was reading lists from last year and lists for this year thus far. So 2020 and 2021. And uh, this routinely came up as one of the worst movies of the year thus far. And I was just like, it's not that I couldn't believe that, but I was just like, uh, come on. Like it, it looks bad, but I mean, I think Melissa McCarthy's great.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, and, so and, and, let me just give people a rundown before we get into it. So this is a movie starring uh, Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer as the Thunder Force, the titular Thunder Force. Um, you know, from, from the, from the graphic the poster, if you will. It's two people in what appear to be hero-like costumes. and Super suits. Yeah, in a hero-like pose. And that's all we know about it. Uh, and I, I do agree. <laughs> how bad could it possibly be uh, is how I walked into it. What? And uh, <laughs> it's not good. Okay. It, okay. The- hold yes. on, hold on. But let's get... hold. Well, yeah, sorry. I... I I got ahead of myself. So the movie is about two uh, women who grow up together as friends. They have a falling out. They meet again later in life. Um, oh, and I should also say that this this exists in a world where people who were in the 80s, people who were, um, I don't know, of psychopathic tendencies or something along those lines, you know, cosmic rays hit the earth. And because of the brain chemistry of these, uh, you know, psychopaths, Basically, uh, they became changed in like an X Men esque fashion. But because they're all psychopaths, they're all just criminals. So there's no good guys with powers. And so uh, Octavia Spencer's character's parents uh, die, but, you know, at the beginning of the movie, basically. And she makes it her life's mission to find out what gives these people their powers and imbue powers to good people. Which I just got to say. I've read a lot of comics and seen a lot
1: of comic movies. Yeah. The podcast is you got to love it, okay? Yeah. So, at, oh, you know, I as have you things. know, we're not, yeah, we're not here, we're, oh, I, have, I will agree I that it's not that a I great love. movie, but we're we're not here to shit on this movie, and yeah. I will say that one of the things, I've never seen a movie where the premise is that there are just no heroes and there's only villains. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, it just, in, out of the gates, I was like, oh, okay, that's like, yeah, that's kind of cool, like, it's just like... Obviously, having seen the poster, I assumed and it being called Thunder Force that it was, you know, but I didn't know. Maybe it was like a a The Boys type thing where it's just like they're just they don't have superpowers. They're just like going around trying to rein in these. I mean, I didn't think that was the case, but it could have been,
0: you know. Right. And so Octavia Spencer's character grows up to be a scientist. And through a series of accidents, um, Melissa McCarthy's character uh, wanders into her lab, gets powers... Uh, and then Octavia Spencer gives herself powers. I mean, Melissa McCarthy's super strong and Octavia Spencer can turn herself invisible and they go and attempt to uh, bring some of these super villains to justice is essentially the, the premise for the movie. Yeah. Now uh, the execution is questionable, but there are certain things that I like about it. So as an example, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it is it very much to me felt reminiscent of, I want to say like, early to mid 90s films like blank man uh if you ever saw blank man with one of the wayne's brothers or um oh uh mystery man yeah mystery man see i i said austin powers just because of
1: the villain hijinks right uh the henchman bobby carnavale bobby Carnivale but also the 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 there was some legit like you know when you watch a movie that isn't good or isn't great and there's humorous moments i feel like by virtue of the fact that they're nested in something that you're maybe not enjoying they don't land but if you're really watching to try to find things that are good about it right i think some of those jokes that otherwise would just be so corny you'd be like this is stupid kind of land yeah and the henchman stuff i thought was great because it wasn't like fresh but like the the what I'm talking about, I mean, not, I'm not even gonna bother saying spoiler alert about this movie. But Bobby Cannavale is like a corrupt politician. He's the villain, but he also is. Uh, they call them miscreants. He's one of these villains that has powers. Yeah, and like many, like many villains, he when he gets upset, he just like lashes out at his henchmen, but he just keeps killing them. And right. it, it's not like a it's not like a graph graphic movie. It's probably like PG or something like that. But like,
0: Your people just get hit on the head and pass out basically. But then they're just dead.
1: Yeah, they're just dead. But like the the uh the dynamic between some of the characters, there is a nugget there where I think I don't know if it's pacing. It's probably more. It was hard for me to identify what was really holding this back uh, as any one thing. But I, you know, Jason Bateman is in this movie as one of the
0: sort of lead henchmen. Okay, so. That for me, the top of my list was the thing that I love the most about this film is every scene that Jason Bateman is in because he, he is actually like really good. If the movie yeah. was just him doing this thing, yeah, I I would have thought it was hilarious. Yeah,
1: that's and that's what I'm saying. There's even you know I would go I even put in that like early on, uh, I di- I uh, there are parts where I felt like Melissa McCarthy. Um, let me preface this by saying I recently watched this is forty again with me with my girlfriend and so did i we we watched not with your girlfriend we we watched the outtakes and there's the scene in the principal's office with melissa mccarthy where she just is just riffing and going off and just like talking shit about every paul rudd uh fucking uh, just about everybody in the room yeah and it's hilarious and it's like one of those things like in bridesmaids or like when melissa mccarthy gets I think that she's, like, comedically brilliant, and when she is let off the leash to, like, really just, like, be herself and explore that space, it's yeah. always good. And in this movie, probably because of the rating and, you know, they probably wanted it to also appeal to kids, yeah. be a f- kind of a family hero movie, she's kind of, she is on a leash, but there are, there are bits, I think, where you can see they, like, it just goes up and down. Sometimes there's swearing in it, there's no F-bombs, but, like, yeah. you know, sometimes the language is is more adult and, like, the jokes in those spaces land and then sometimes it's, like, really goofy and seems very childlike and slapstick and it doesn't really land.
0: Yeah, to me, it it gave me the same vibes as, like, watching something like Night at the Roxbury. Like, it just very... You know, clearly there are scenes where people just ad-libbed and they might have let it go on a little too long at points, but... And and so it made it feel a little disjointed, but it was still, you know, there were your point there were funny moments and melissa mccarthy definitely uh there's times when she's a little too over the top for me yeah you know but there are moments where i'm just like yeah this is from from everyone in the movie i'm like yeah this is kind of fun it, it was an example of how i
1: think that um i think a lot of people would see this movie i mean i haven't read any reviews and people would just be like this movie's shit this is an example of good of actors that i normally like being in like you know i love rest of development or whatever i love all these actors mm-hmm. but they this is like a, a um a, a mark this is a mark in the lost column this is like kind of a, a blemish on their career that they were in this movie but i kind of looked at it from the opposite side i was like this is an example of if you put really talented people or really funny people in a bad movie it can like bring it up bring it up because if it wasn't these people in this movie i don't mean it could have been anybody but like it just would have been way it would have been probably unbearable you know yeah. for i think just because of
0: like what they were working with but like i mean i'm not gonna lie it was pretty close to unbearable as it was but, fair enough but it was there there were enough moments in it that made it bearable enough and i guess that's i mean it must say a lot coming from me because i've seen a lot of pretty unbearable things but no no one of the things that i also really enjoyed and and you know it's probably not even worth mentioning, but I'm going to mention it anyway, is that the majority of this cast and pretty much all of the, the sort of leading roles aside from Bateman and Carnivale are, are, are females. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is a silly thing to say, but I, I, it is worth noting because it's, you know, we're not that far away from when women weren't the, uh, I mean there are, even now there aren't that many movies where women are the majority of the cast, but right. you know, they wouldn't have even dream- dreamt of making a movie like that unless it was a rom com or, you know, like the sisterhood of the traveling pants or something. Right. But when you watch this movie, it doesn't feel any different from, you know, say a Mystery Men or Right uh one of the, you know, Night of the Roxbury. Yeah, even. it's kinda
1: like proving it's like the bridesmaids point right kind of but like obviously this movie is no bridesmaids bridesmaids brilliant but it's
0: just like that like if if, it it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't change the chemistry of the movie like it right the the reasons this movie are are you know there's moments in it that are not enjoyable have nothing to do with a mostly female cast or yeah whatever or whatever what it is
1: is the fuck it this is what annoys me so there is a scene where this is the pole the the polar opposites of like writing that i think we're working with here where it's like i don't know if it's the same people if it's a writer like i don't know who is responsible for what obviously but there's a scene where uh i don't know if you remember but in one of the scenes where bobby Cannavale ends up killing a bunch of his henchmen mm-hmm. he uh, one of the henchmen is like at the door to like another room and Yo, he makes a comment and that then, made me laugh and, and then and then he's Bobby Conavalle. is like, "Hey, come here for a second. He says, "No, thanks. I'm good." Yeah. The way that he says it is yeah. like so, like it it's delivered perfectly, and the time, like everything about that is like, "Oh, that's funny," like because he, he know he's just like, "Ah, oh, this guy's gonna kill me," but like, yeah. Uh, and it, anyway, it's funny. But this this in the same movie, there's a part where uh, Octavia Spencer says "crap doodles," like, right? What I, even if your character is like a goof who is like doesn't swear and it, like. that seems like such a nitpicky small thing to like point out, but it's just like, yeah, that made me wince. And the other thing I was just like, this is hilarious. Like, why is that the consistency is just, it's just all over the map. It's totally inconsistent.
0: And it's just like, yeah, you know, so the biggest thing that I wanted to say about this film, and I think the, the reason why it's the hardest, uh, or a reason why it makes it harder to enjoy is that, uh, these movies don't exist for a reason. Yeah. And and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is Marvel has perfected this formula already. There's a superhero movie that has comedy in it, you know, that has action in it, and some of them are more comedy than than action or at least more comedy focused. I, I mean, forget about Marvel for a second. We were just talking about Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's arguably a comedy. Yeah, th- yeah. Before it's even an action movie. I, I mean, think... there there actually There's huge actions action set pieces in it, but I think it's the entire movie's played for laughs.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't fit into or doesn't have to fit into the larger universe. It yeah. does, but it's not like it. It didn't have the feeling where there was something larger at play. It right. was just about those characters getting out of the situation that they were in or dealing with the situation that they were in so
0: it's a lot harder for a movie like this to succeed because you know what is its purpose (laughs) it's trying to almost like lampoon superhero movies but not enough that it's like a scary movie type movie totally it 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 is just like a less i don't know though
1: here's a perfect example of what you're talking about like looking at it from that perspective is actually really interesting to me because i didn't really think about that but that's exactly what it is but when you have a guy with super strength who like crushes people to death you've got a woman that shoots like lasers and like all of these crazy powers super strength and then jason bateman's character is just he has like crab arms yeah like he like that's literally everything needed to be like that like it using one character like that for sort of the comic relief in in and it being Jason Bateman and the way that he delivers his lines yeah, in a film that is otherwise, I don't want to say serious, but like it's about a girl trying to get back at these villains after the loss of her parents. And like it, you needed, I think you needed more of the, that goofy, like it just, there just wasn't enough of it, of that like goofiness right. where it's just like all, all of the jokes made at his expense and even just his behavior. Like, is a is hilarious it's like it's like he's the only one that realizes the
0: movie he's in kind of or the universe that he's in you know or he's he's just allowed to play uh you know he's acting with the it's clear that his character almost has like the meta knowledge of this is a movie as opposed to this is a story Well, the rest of them are playing it for the story which is kind of funny because as i was watching this i was thinking his character could have been in suicide squad yeah like if his, 100%, totally. his power was just like pinchers and they're just like okay you well, can only run sideways or yeah something. and they're just like why is this guy here it's yeah. like, I don't they're, know. well
1: yeah there it was just i think that's the the thing for me the thing that was holding it back is it was just kind of uh just laughing at the google questions about this movie but um it, it just kind of inconsistency is an issue with uh, almost all of the movies that are you gotta love it's that we yeah. watch that that i think hold them back from being either good or even just like passable as like something that you can just enjoy casually and i think that like you know like the the the, the little glimpses of like almost uh bridesmaids or arrest development or things that these characters these, these actors are in the glimpses of that Kind of delivery. Like, I remember there was another scene where uh after Melissa McCarthy gets injected with the serum, and they're like talking about the side effects. The initial part is like not is like they're trying to make a joke about oh yeah like the side effects are like could be death or like you know and that kind of falls flat. But then there's a a moment after that where Melissa McCarthy is like ah oh, like f- at least it's like not diarrhea or something like that. And then Octavia Spencer is just immediately like oh. Uh, diarrhea is 100% like that's like just like that just happens that's just like a guarantee like you're gonna have like explosive violent diarrhea and it was just like that's obviously really juvenile but like in the same joke there was like part where I was just like yeah that they needed more of that in this movie of really not taking it seriously and less of the like I don't know it's so hard to to parse Yeah, Uh, You know, if you're trying to not just say this movie is shitty, it's all bad, terrible performances, stupid writing. Like if you're looking for things that are good about it, Mm -hmm. I think it's actually really hard to like, it's hard for me to identify what exactly made this movie not good. It's just like I can see all these things that could have made it so much better. Right. And they're just not complete.
0: So the last thing I'll say before we move on is the final thing that I really enjoyed about this film was that it reminded me of the type of film as a kid you would go into say the blockbuster or whatever your local video store was and because all the new releases that you wanted to see were rented you would just start wandering the shelves and be like hey what's this movie yeah and you pick it up and you watch it and so like the fact that these sorts of movies are very much alive yeah i'm like okay good this is this is what i like you know because i i i feel like some high teenager one day is going to be on netflix stumble upon this movie i just think it's the funniest thing they've ever seen and then watch they're going to be like no this was terrible
1: yeah yeah you know so uh
0: that bit is for sure um for sure fun but let me just ask you then uh love it or leave it the sort of traditional studio comedy um what do you, can you elaborate a little bit more? You mean like, like as com- kind of compared to in the, in, in, you know, in the, we'll even say post Apatow era, yeah. right? There's a very, very much humor these days has a very much self-aware quality to it. Yeah. You know, culminating in something like this is the end where the characters are playing characters of themselves. Right. Basically. Right. And, and there's then, not a lot of wedding crashers. It, it, it continues on to something like even Suicide Squad where it's pretty clear that uh, the characters know they're in a movie kind of, or at least are playing characters because some of the, way, the ways that they behave, even the, the guy uh, TPK, as an example, just going around slapping people. Like that wouldn't yeah. happen if they were actually in a life or death scenario. He yeah. yeah. wouldn't just stand there slapping people But because, you know, it's played for laughs in, right. in, in a movie. That's the way that they behave. But you know, in a movie, you know, you, you mentioned Wed- Wedding Crashers, any of the SNL movies, or even something like Encino Man, you know, like, it was a very different vibe. Encino <laughs> than... <you> know, Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's a very different vibe than the, the comedy vibe that we have now, right? And this, is, this movie kind of harkens back to that. So, I'm just wondering how you feel about this type of humor now that we've kind of moved on.
1: That's a really good question uh i want to say love it but i can't think of an example recently that made me that filled me with love like, like and
0: uh, is there a sandler movie that you've seen i feel like no. sandler falls in this category absolutely
1: i'm that's like a that'd be a good episode for us to do in the future it's just like a sandler marathon because
0: you know what kind of falls in this category a little to me is american pickle is that what it's called the uh seth rogan movie where oh yeah yeah he plays his own grandfather and or great-grandfather or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) i didn't see that yeah well there you go uh i
1: i think i don't know movies kind of follow a there's like a natural evolution of these things and i'm i bet you any money somebody's gonna release a comedy that fits this bill that's just gonna be after the enough time has passed Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be just a great cat you know like Maybe some fresh faces, some fresh writing. It's just gonna like come out and be good, and it's just gonna be like, oh yeah, I forgot that this was enjoyable. I saw Rough Night recently. Did you see that? No, I don't. Scarlett Johansson and Kate McKinnon and
0: no, I don't Uh, even know what that is.
1: Okay, well, maybe uh, maybe I'll just save that for another pod. Maybe we can. I don't know if it's a hidden gem, but um, I actually don't even know how it's been received. I don't know if people liked it or hated it, but right. It, was kind, it kind of falls in that category. It's basically just about a bachelorette party that goes horribly wrong. It's like, you know, the joke of... Um, the joke. All the jokes about bachelor parties and strippers and or, like, dead hookers. Like, that right. That lovely off-color line of humor. Sure. It's what we're talking about, like, with Thunder Force, where it's just, like, an ensemble cast, like, bridesmaids of women. And that's the punchline. It's like... I see. And then it's just about... A, a rough night that's yeah. what it's about and i was just like th- you know what like i had a really good time watching it i was like this is this is actually pretty good it's an all-in-one night movie i love those yeah so anyway uh uh let's just say leave it for now leave
0: it for now it's, it's
1: prove prove me wrong all right somebody uh, prove me wrong
0: love it or leave it melissa mccarthy uh,
1: i love it i think she's i think she's great i think she uh, there have been a couple movies recently I think she's been in that are not comedies that are where she's, you know, trying her hand at like flexing that, you know, dramatic acting muscle. Yeah. And I can't say that I've seen them, so I can't really comment on them. But I think that I feel like her career seems to have faltered a little bit in that, you know, like she, she hasn't broken through doing that yet. Right. But I don't know. Don't, don't give a, I just, I think she's great. Like any, time she has in something, especially like when she was kind of just like a very minor character, mm-hmm. like earlier
0: on in her career, she was basically the best part of those movies. So this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I feel the same way about most Will Ferrell movies. You know, mm-hmm. I love, Stranger Than Fiction is one of my favorite movies. So let's okay. take that off the list, but like. Everything must go. Generally, generally, well, yeah, that's, that's a different thing altogether, but generally speaking a movie like old school i think his his performance is incredible right but when you when you when you're looking at something like i don't know blades of glory or even to a lesser extent anchorman yeah you know a lot i know a lot of people love that movie and i'm gonna get probably lampooned but like it's a little too much for me it's too much feral you know and and i feel like mccarthy has that same sort of vibe where like there's a point where i'm just like okay i i know the shtick you know yeah it's too much. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see that. But I, I do. I do. I don't know. I think she's hilarious. I think she's. Re- I mean, I, I said I think she's hilarious only because I haven't watched her in like a dramatic performance where I really was just like, oh yeah. But I think she's just. Yeah. She. She. Uh, her. Her time. It. You can. You can always see too. Other actors, like a Will Ferrell, you can see his how funny he is when other brilliant comedic actors can't keep it together around them right and she has that same quality where like you know in these outtakes for example she just like she runs circles around so many people like she just can keep a straight face for longer and like just deliver respond extremely quickly to like what's happening like it's just it's great so yeah i think she yeah i love it love melissa mccarthy
0: nice all right well uh i think that's all we need to uh we need to talk about now, uh, except for recommendations for the week. Do you have any? Um, I,
1: I have a couple, but I've, I've already forgotten what I recommended last week. Did I? It was music, right?
0: Yes. Uh, it was the music that you had set that art to that you had sent me. I oh, g- hybrid? Hybrid, yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Uh, I'm going to recommend the final uh evangelion movie you um, watch it i did
0: watch it and it meets expectations
1: it is it it i thought that it was fantastic
0: okay there you go <laughs> i
1: thought it was great it's uh the third one kind of lost me a bit i thought that it was getting a little bit too it was going off the rails a bit too much but i really feel like if you're a long especially if you're a long time fan of the series Genesis, yeah um you saw the original show from the 90s you've seen the movies you've seen the other rebuilds then you probably i think all fans share a a hope for how they want things to be resolved or Mm -hmm. wanted things to be resolved and that's kind of what keeps people coming back to the show is that the original has this very tragic ending yeah i'm not spoiling anything i'm not going to say how this is this one ends but i just think that they did a very good job of paying it off like it 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 felt worth waiting for for me because even the rebuild has taken like over a decade i think for them to to produce and uh across four movies and it just like it's visually beautiful the animation is incredible the art is incredible the music isn't like it's easily the best thing quality wise out of out of everything other than maybe the original end of end of eva and In addition to that, I think that um, one thing I really liked was they had so long to spoil it with excessive trailers. Mm -hmm. And all of the trailer footage that anybody has seen, whether it was international or like they were trying to sneak, like look up stuff from, from Japan, is like all from the first 10 minutes of like a two and a half hour movie. There's so much content in there that was just like such a pleasant surprise. You know, like where, you know, when you like, it almost felt like you were going in blind. Like you were just like, I did not see this coming as this was what this movie was about, even though it's part four of like a, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's great. I definitely recommend it.
0: Awesome. Well, okay. My recommendation for the week is going to be a little bit strange for anyone who doesn't know, but I have another podcast called life in parallel, uh, a parallel podcast, if you will. That's right. Um, and I recommend that because, uh, it is an intro into a game that me and some friends are creating using uh, NFT and blockchain technology, a trading card game. The trading aspect of it is very much alive. Hmm. Uh, the game aspect is still being worked on. But if you are interested in that project and want to find out more, uh, check out that podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Um, very briefly, the game is a you know Magic the Gathering Hearthstone style digital card game. But you own all the cards, so you can buy, sell, and trade them outside of the game uh, at your will. And people have been having fun doing it, uh, including Andrew over here.
1: Yeah, I d- second it. Check it out for sure. Uh, y- you would be a fool not to at this point. I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes. Like, I'm fully on board. Fully I'm on board. I'm also
0: excited to see where this goes. I... I'm also fully on board. But uh, yeah, if you want to get a sense of <laughs> how the game works, what it's about, and the people that are working on it, uh, definitely check out that podcast. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. You know, I've also shamelessly plugged this podcast on that podcast on episode Sweet. two. So there will be a bit of a
1: feedback loop. If you start listening to both, they'll just direct you to the other one.
0: Yeah, well, actually, if you go to parallel.life, the website for the game, and you go to the credits section, and you click on my name, it actually brings you to the love it pod Twitter. So there you go. (laughs) It comes full circle, baby. Anyway. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't, I don't know what
1: we're doing next, but we will get on top of that at some point. I will figure out some sort of way to hammer down the schedule. Hopefully, because I want to have the guests that we have lined up. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully as schedules become a little bit looser and, you know, people are vaccinated and more comfortable. Yeah, uh, we can we can get that a little bit more hammered down so people can start following along more.
0: I may have to uh, modify the setup a little bit for some more people. Our new set up, some, setup. put up some shields. Yeah. Well, and more microphones and, and whatnot. True. But yeah. uh, we'll figure it out. You can't, got space. Can't wait to talk about Howard the Ducks. So you oh, know. I'm really excited. I'm
1: really excited for that
0: one speaking of did you see uh what if yeah the the second episode yeah a lot of howard the duck action anyway uh until next week guys keep loving it bye bye